Resilient. It wasn't something that Melanie Tyrrell considered herself. Despite falling off a horse, requiring multiple surgeries to regain full mobility, it took Melanie completing the English Channel for her to realize it herself. Hello and welcome to Marathon Swim Stories, where we explore the human side of the superhuman feats of endurance swimmers and those who support them. I'm marathon swimmer and coach, Shannon Keegan. Are you enjoying Marathon Swim Stories? Why don't you give it a rating, leave a review, and share your favorite episodes with friends. I hope you enjoy listening to Melanie's Tale of Resilience. What's your story? <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, well, obviously, I, I've been listening to this podcast for a little while. I love, love listening to it. And I was really pleasantly surprised to uh, discover Guy Davis was on here a few weeks ago. So um, I had great fun listening to his story again. And uh, obviously then got in contact with you to say, oh, I was the crew member that uh, <laughs> was on there and, and, and did her swim a, a bit early. Um, and was witness to the uh, egg incident in the middle of the night that he referenced. <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously, I, I then just contacted you to say that, you know, if you're ever short of a story and you want a funny one, <laughs> I've got one for you. I didn't expect you to come back so quickly, but yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> um, so my story is um, I, I was a, a club swimmer when I was younger um, from about the age of, 10 to 14 um I was a breaststroke swimmer I was definitely not an all-rounder I was good at breaststroke but nothing else particularly <laughs> <laughs> um I was usually last in any other event definitely not butterfly <laughs> um and then I probably I think I gave it gave it up probably about the age of 14 15 um and then for some years it was just swimming for pleasure you know just keeping fit um long periods out of the water um when I didn't have access to a pool or anything um but obviously on holiday I was always in the pool you know as much as possible just love being in the water doing handstands or whatever whatever <laughs> I could do <laughs> um and then in um 1997 we went on holiday to um Hawaii for the f- first time with my husband I'd been once before but we went together and from there we we got into scuba diving and uh, went. To, I, I'm a bit obsessive, so when I take on something new, I go a bit mad. So I did the paddy course, then the advanced, then every specialty there was, and then master scuba diver, etc. Um, and then got quite obsessed with sharks because I saw quite a lot of sharks in scuba diving, which I'd originally been really terrified of sharks and really didn't want to see any. And then I, I went the other way, and I'm quite obsessed with uh, seeing them now. I've realised them; they're probably more scared of me than. <laughs> I am of them on the whole. Um, I appreciate that we just captured that and recorded it and we're sharing it with people. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then around 2004, five, uh, we joined a gym. So I did a little bit of pool swimming, but we had an induction at the gym, my husband and I, and he's not particularly active person, but they gave him a, a gym program that was 12 minutes of running and they gave me 20 minutes of walking on an incline I was quite insulted by that (laughs) so I I, that made me quite determined so from then I I went a bit mad and took up running just to prove a point 
and um, did a few 5Ks up to half marathon. I definitely was more suited to the longer distances. I'm better at mm. endurance, definitely not built for speed. Um, but I then also did a few sprint triathlons. So that was my first foray into proper open water. Open water. And wetsuit swimming, which I wasn't too keen on. I found I'm quite floaty as it is without <laughs> the, the buoyancy of the wetsuit. So my struggling to keep my legs in, in the water. Yeah, in the I wet suit. problem too. <laughs> um, and I, I struggled with the, the, the mass start of the, yeah. you know, the F1 swim. I, you know, I was just having a lane to myself and <laughs> a black line to follow. And I was shocked by the, the madness that is the start of a a triathlon swim that's particularly mad (laughs) yeah yeah um and then so I I did that for a couple of years just sprint triathlons and um you know the running and then gave that up because I it was just something to prove a point I'd done it I was a terrible runner I was overtaken (laughs) by everything anything and everything um but I'd done it so I was happy with that um and then around that time we it's a, a, a whole separate story but we rescued a couple of horses um and as, as with everything we seem to do we seem to do everything back to front we rescued the horses and then I realized I probably should learn to ride mm. um <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't I hadn't ridden when I was younger or anything and, and we just rescued two horses that were not schooled horses mine was wow. only six months old he's in the picture in the back the black and white oh, one wow um he was six months old so he wasn't back to anything so I was frantically having lessons while he was growing up wow. <laughs> um so then 2007 we were uh riding I, I was riding the other horse that we have and had a riding accident we were out in a field and she spooked at something while I we were cantering um so I came off at quite a speed hit the mm. hit the ground it was quite hard ground in July rolled uh, a few times um my husband disappeared into the distance with these two horses galloping off with him trying to hang on um disappeared out of view and just a long story short we we both ended up at the hospital oh my goodness. um he had a dislocated shoulder and I had um initially they thought one fracture of my uh, left shoulder and um, my right thumb. So by the, a few hours later, we came out of hospital with three out of four arms in slings. Mm, my gosh. And, uh, <laughs> we got home and, and he'd been given gas and air and morphine and everything when they put his shoulder back. Oh, and uh, they'd given me some paracetamol, which are not really much use at that point. And he, he was, so he was a bit dazed and confused. And he said to me, what we're going to do now <laughs> in these three slings like, we eat some chocolate to cheer ourselves up before we think of anything else <laughs> um so from then it was discovered that my my thumb had been put in in the wrong position in plaster so it needed an operation to stabilize it oh um and then the hand surgeon said look there's a lot of soft tissue damage uh, a lot of bruising i think we should re-x-ray your shoulder so they did that at a different angle and discovered that the the ball joint of my shoulder was actually in three pieces. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I, I was sort of rushed in, in for surgery within a couple of days uh, because I said I was, I was too young for it to be left like that. I would, it would really limit my um, mobility Ability, going forward. Yeah. yeah. And just before the op, they discovered I had um, 
a chip on my shoulder as well so they had chipped a piece off as well so they had to find that and and reattach that <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so I was out of action for quite some months it's about three months with the operations I couldn't lay down because I had metal in holding my shoulder together so I had to sleep upright which thankfully I'm someone who can sleep anywhere at any time so I was probably better suited to me than anyone else but it was still hard work um and then a lot of physio and, and hydrotherapy for the next year, I would say, mm. try and get back movement. And the hydrotherapy was actually much more beneficial. You can move a lot better in the water than you can on land mm. with any sort of injury. But I, I realized then that my, my breaststroke was nothing like it used to be. I couldn't get my arms straight. Oh. Definitely couldn't do front crawl. I was So I was really quite shocked at what I couldn't do anymore. Mm-hmm. So... I, I was determined to, to to get back as much as I could. And I think before that, I'd taken for granted my swimming. You know, I I just assumed I'd always be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And I could go back to it at any point. And then I realized, actually, you know, this this could be a big problem now going forward if I want to do anything else. So I, I did as much as I could. I got back into swimming. Actually doing the handstands in the pool was recommended just to help <laughs> with the stabilization yeah so that was good, good practice um and then I I started doing some open water swims locally there is um various events that's sort of one two miles or kilometers mm-hmm. around an area called Henley uh, in mm-hmm. Berkshire and also in, in London I did one that was from Hampton Court to Kingston in the River Thames and I, I just built it from there doing um a, longer and longer distances until I did a few 10k swims and then the longest was um 14 14k well did you have was... any like underlying pain like as you oh yes lots yeah. okay yeah a lot of I mean it was always always difficult to move my left arm wow. doing front crawl it was yeah it was constantly painful and my my left arm really it did drag a bit then at that point so when I did one of the swims the Hampton Court my my husband was following along the bank and um he was watching and he he was following the wrong swimmer because he's you know everybody in a wetsuit to him looks the same and he's he's going along talking to a friend said oh she's moving her left arm quite well and she's bilateral breathing that's good she doesn't normally oh and she's kicking her legs all these things I don't do it wasn't me he was following (laughs) I was at the end going where is he (laughs) um so yeah, so I did I, I did various local events and then I, I was considering doing Lake Windermere and I, I started training for it, but my shoulder really started to give me more pain than it ever had before. Mm-hmm. And I, I just felt I was going to be pushing it too hard at that point. I went back to my physio and um, she said, I, I think you need to go back to the consultant. It's mm. something's not quite right. So about four years ago, I um, had more surgery they shaved a bit off my collarbone to make more room and uh, various repairs and from tears and scar tissue and then since then my shoulder's been a lot better so I've I've, I've got back more movement than I've ever had before wow does it um, hurt less now just in general? it really generally doesn't doesn't generally hurt that's good um I, I have slightly um my, my range of mobility is not quite the same as it is in my Right. Uh, right arm sorry I get my hand behind my back things like that it's very difficult mm-hmm. but 
my front crawl stroke is not too bad, I'm told now, compared to what it, it used to be. I mean, it's it's not great, but... Uh, <laughs> can, can you go back to the when you first started pushing distance? What was mm. what was that like? How What was motivating you to keep pushing to longer distances? Um, is it just your obsessive nature? <laughs> yeah, 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 I think it was partly that. I think it's also, I'm not, I'm not speedy. So uh, anything, <laughs> um, I found that with the running. So I knew I was better at endurance. I do mm-hmm. find the first half of any swim, the hardest, but, and the longer it goes on generally, the, the easier it seems to become on the whole. Not, mm-hmm. not always, obviously, but definitely the first bit for me is the hardest. Mm-hmm. Getting your heart rate settled and getting comfortable. And, and so I did feel that I was, I was suited to um, slightly longer distances and I, w- I was just so um, pleased when I, I achieved when I did the 14k it just really helped my confidence my self-esteem you know because I wasn't that confident and I was like wow you know this this really helped me you know t- to know that I'd been able to do that I was mm-hmm. pleased yeah. um, and I, I just never wanted to take my swimming for granted again I was like I, you know I want to make the most of this yeah because having also still having horses there is also the risk you know that I could fall off again yeah yeah um, and in fact I, I you know I was quite paranoid about that happening um and if I went fell the same way again what would happen to my shoulder right. it did actually happen um <laughs> two or three years later I, I went I have it seems I always fall left for some reason um I am left-handed maybe it's something to do with that but yeah. um I fell left hit hit a fence ripped off my watch f- fell on the floor but thankfully it nothing oh, I, sure. I had no problems um and I did it you again still a few have years. metal in there no no it was <laughs> oh, all taken out okay it was taken out yeah <laughs> um Bef- I want to I want you to keep going but I'm just wondering mm. is that um that self-confidence that you kind of found through through mm. your kind of swimming longer distances did that seep into other parts of your life oh yeah definitely definitely I mean I'm I think a lot of people who know me would would probably think I'm confident and I'm I'm absolutely not I, I I'm a, I'm uh, determined yes but I'm not necessarily confident yeah. um and so just to achieve some of these things I think I'm being more of um an introvert I'm more I think task driven than people driven do you know what I mean mm-hmm. I, in that mm-hmm. I like to achieve things and that's what gives me my confidence Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so you uh, did the 14K and that was before yeah. you had went back for the shoulder revise. Yes. Yeah, okay. And yeah, then you so wanted I, to do Windermere. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't end up doing Windermere. I oh, haven't okay. done it yet. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm doing everything back to front as with, with everything okay. else I do in life. But um, so I, I was doing another one of the Henley Swims and they have a, a thing called the Outdoor Swimmer Show at, at one of the events in July. And they have various um, companies there. One was a charity called Aspire, who help um, support people who have suffered a spinal cord injury. And they organise lots of different sporting events, but they um, run a lot of channel relays each year. And I, I spoke to a couple of the people uh, there who, who just said what a a wonderful event it was and just such a great thing you know working as a team and just the experience of, of the whole thing so I I, I thought oh, okay that you know that might be another um, challenge and 
when I was young, I'd always had, you know, a, a dream to swim the channel, but realistically, I didn't think it was something I'd ever do. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I just it just didn't seem a possibility, but I thought, well, a channel relay will give me a taste of that, you know. Um, so I, I went for the assessment day with Aspire and, and was entered into a team called the, uh, that year they were all big cats. So we were the Aspire Tigers which was why you saw in the picture the swimming cap was the tiger. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's when I got my first taste of cold water swimming. Um, we went to one of the local Lidos. Well, not local, but in London, Parliament Hill. It's a big 60-plus um, metre Lido, uh, unheated. And it was to get, get us ready for <laughs> swimming at Dover. And obviously up till then, in the colder water I'd been wearing a wetsuit and I wouldn't normally get in unless it was 17 degrees C (laughs) which I know you work in Fahrenheit but um, I'm not sure what that would be not everybody in my audience is in the U.S. so it's okay okay. (laughs) (laughs) if I could convert Uh, in my head that that would be the real trick (laughs) yeah Uh, guy might 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 know on that but um, yeah so we went to Parliament Hill and it was 10 degrees and I got in I was like my god this is this is crazy I can't get into this this you know how hurt getting 10 degrees is 50 50 okay (laughs) yeah 17 Um, 62 (laughs) um yeah it took me forever to get in the pool I I I struggled to put my hands in I definitely couldn't get my face in the water and actually that's still the bit I I struggle with a little bit but you know eventually got in and swam a bit without putting my head in too much and um from there we went to Dover in the March and um, we uh, had a, a training weekend and I'd expected Dover to be really grim <laughs> to sort of things I'd read about it I thought oh it doesn't look very appealing actually I loved it absolutely loved it <laughs> it was just such a, a fantastic experience you know swimming with the team and and swimming in the sea I enjoyed I'd not really done that much of it uh, before then other than obviously scuba diving and I'd, I'd done a lot of but not swimming um then in april i went on a swim quest channel and distance training camp which is where i met guy mm-hmm. um and i went with a view to doing my relay qualifier which is two hours and after the first day or so i think I, I i wanted to do the same as everyone else so I, I I said to one of the Your guys, question. "Can I, can I do the, can I do the same?" Because I, I wasn't really ready to get out, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I did the same as the the soloist and and ended up doing the six hour qualifier. Nice. <laughs> yeah, which was uh, I was really I was just pleased even just to have done that, you mm-hmm. know, just to say I'd actually qualified was, I was really chuffed about, and um the swim guides and uh, one of which was Emma France from Dover Channel Training mm-hmm. uh, pulled me to one side and said, you know, we think you've got a channel solo in you. You should think about it. Um, so I, I came home and it actually took me quite a long time to process that and think, you know, do, did I really think I was, you know, they believed it, but did I, did I believe <laughs> it was possible? Or, yeah. you know, and I had concerns if my shoulder would hold up as well, you know, mm-hmm. it, it relatively pain-free, but, when I push the distances, it can twinge sometimes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so from there, I went back to train with Aspire. I crewed for a channel swimmer in 
July of that year, who was on the same camp with Guy and I. And um, he, it was, obviously that was my first experience of being out in the channel on a boat. Mm-hmm. So I was, it was all a bit of a new experience. I thought it would be good for me to actually see what it's yeah. going to be like, you know, to know, <laughs> is this really what I want? Right. Um, it, while we were getting ready to get onto the boat, I heard a splash and I turned around and he'd fallen in the, in the marina um, next to the boat. I think he'd tried to move over someone trying to walk past and had fallen mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously then we, we went out and he, he swam, but he, he, did, he didn't finish. He, he, he got out after a few hours. And I wondered whether that incident, you know, affected him. I, I wasn't sure. I mean, he had actually swum the channel before. So mm-hmm. maybe also his drive again to do it again, maybe wasn't there as well. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It gave me a taste, but just for a few hours of, you know, what was involved, swimming in the dark. Mm-hmm. And um, that was that. Um, we did then a, a boat practice with our relay team with one of the channel pilots. That for me was a, certainly a, a learning experience as well, because I, because I don't bilateral breathe and I was on the wrong side of the boat, I was zigzagging all over the place. Um, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so that was a bit of a shock to me. Um and also how the conditions can change so really quickly. Wow. You know, it was yeah. flat calm when the first swimmer got in. And when I got in as the sixth one, it was pretty rough by then. Wow. So it was good experience, you know, really good experience for the, the relay. Um, so our, our relay went in, in September. Um, we made it across, obviously. It was really good. We went, it was mostly through the night. We went half four in the afternoon. I had one swim just before it went dark and the second one in the middle of the night. And it was really, really rough Mm. and I didn't handle it particularly well. I swallowed quite a lot of water. My goggles Mm. nearly came off. Um, So again, it was a good experience for me. I I watched the person who went after me and he was just calm, relaxed, just went with it, with the flow. And I watched, I thought I need to learn from him. This is (laughs) don't fight it so much, you know, don't, get yourself in a tiz about it um but we did the relay uh loved it loved the experience what did you how did you kind of tackle the like the zigzagging being a one-sided breather like (laughs) well thankfully that the boat that we went with um anastasia um his eddie spelling's preference is to have people on the side that suited me no, so I was lucky. okay. I was okay. fine. So yeah, I was very lucky that it, it suited me. Um, so I had no problems once I could, mm-hmm. you know, I was breathing towards the boat. I was, I was right. fine. Right. <laughs> um, Any yeah. other um, recommendations for getting through night, night swimming? It sounds like you kind of had to adapt to that a little bit. Anything you want to share yeah. for other people? Um, it's difficult. I think for me, I wasn't particularly nervous about swimming in the dark just because I'd done a lot of diving and I did a lot of night diving so I think my experience and that probably helped me really that I'd done so much diving and, and and in the dark it didn't really disorientate me or anything um and I, I just tried to think you know uh, wow I'm in the channel I'm actually swimming in the channel so I was just super excited to be there mm-hmm. you know and I know some people worry about will worry about things like sharks I mean you're not likely to see sharks in the channel I, I, you know um 
but for me if we had I'd have probably been quite excited so I wasn't worried about that either <laughs> I was worried about jellyfish um but not not anything not else yeah. No. yeah and and we didn't actually have any jellyfish I think one person got stung oh wow um I think it may be because it was quite rough hmm. and someone said to me that the jellyfish stay lower down yeah in the water when that. it's rough yeah. so there maybe that helped yeah 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 um so yeah we came back from the um channel relay everybody else said oh that's it no I'm not coming back to Dover again that's me done and I was like oh I'm coming back next week you know I, I couldn't <laughs> stay away I just loved it um so I went back to Dover channel training and decided you know, I, I, I think I should book a solo. I think, yeah, yeah, I'm not ready to give this up. So I I spoke to the pilot that we did our boat practice with, which was Simon Ellis, um, and said, look, you know, I'd, I'd be interested. Emma, in, you know, introduced me to him again. And, and he said, yeah, I've got a slot for 2021. I think it was early July. I said, okay, great. So I signed up for that. Um, I then went and did a, another swim camp in October, and then did some winter swimming. There's a, a winter swimming challenge called the Polar Bear Challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of that. I think I have, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just basically to swim through the winter and do certain distances over the winter months outside. And I found that really, really helped me. You know, I, I got used to the temperature. Mm-hmm. And then when I went back to Dover again the next year, the temperature yeah. seems felt so much warmer than it had done the year before yeah it helps yeah. a lot to ride, ride the ride the thermometer down it's good important. definitely yeah um perspective on the cold instead of it's always just cold you're like well I've been in colder so. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um and then I, I went to on, on another camp to Cape Town in February 2020 and did the Robin Island swim mm-hmm uh, which is where I um, I swam with some people I already knew from other camps, and I met one of my people, one of my friends who became one of my crew later on, Helen Powell. Mm-hmm. We swam the um, Robin Island swim together. Had a How- fant- fantastic experience. She'd never swum that long before, so I I said I wanted to swim with her, you know, that so that she had someone you know, by her side. And she was normally a wetsuit swimmer as well. And it was going to be cold. She's a lot slimmer than me as well. So she was going to feel the cold more than me. Um, What's the distance yeah. on the Robin Island again? I forget. Um, I forget as well. Yeah, I, I can't remember, <laughs> but it took us three hours, 26. Okay. To do it. Yeah. Um, we had a fantastic experience. It was cold, definitely. But we had uh seals came along to swim with us we had five dolphins i i I was a little bit worried about sharks there you know they Mm. had one of those um what you call them those shark things on the boat to try and deter them Mm, Um, that's a little more real right (laughs) yeah yeah and i I saw a flash of gray go underneath me and I, i was like oh my god what was that but thankfully it was five dolphins and um they, they swam with us for quite a long time, so close that I could actually touch them. They were right in front of us. Uh, so wow, that was cool. Fan- fantastic experience. And unfortunately, my, my friend Helen, when we got to the beach, was a bit hypothermic because it was, a, oh, no. you know, it was cold for her. So they had to get it yeah. wrapped up quickly. And yeah. I think because of my winter swimming, I, I was fine. I was the only person not shivering on the boat when I got back. I was cold, but I, awesome. I didn't shiver at all. That's great. Um, so... Uh, came back from Cape Town. Um, I think 
I suspect I came down with COVID when I got back within oh, about no. 36 hours. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I, I, I had all sort of symptoms that they described, you know, the uh, temperature, um, dry tickly cough, and then, um, you know, the, the awful breathing difficulties that went with it. My husband was in Scotland that week and I, I did find it quite frightening because I have asthma. Um, so it was quite scary and I did keep worrying if it was going to, to get worse. Um, so, yeah, that obviously put me out of action for a little while. Um, yeah. And then we went into lockdown. So swimming was out of the question <laughs> for a while. I, I was due to swim the Gibraltar Strait and Jersey to France um, that year. That was going to be my preparation for the channel. I thought build up yeah, slowly. Yeah. Um, the Gibraltar Strait was going to be with a group called Neder Almon in Spain, who do have a, a slot of about two weeks in September and they group swimmers in groups of four of, of similar abilities and speed mm-hmm. to, to swim together. And <clears throat> the plan was for me to swim with two of the people who were in Cape Town that I knew and another lady from France. Obviously the travel didn't happen. We were due to travel to Barcelona for various training sessions, but couldn't. Right. Um, and then in sort of March, April, um, my husband was diagnosed with prostate cancer. This was just he, last year. Yes. <laughs> my yeah. goodness. Yeah. So he'd he'd had a PSA test um, before Christmas, which was actually an initiative being run by my work, and I'd signed him up because it's one of those things where he he wouldn't have ever done gone and booked him himself. He doesn't like right. doctors and you know needles and everything else. So um, <clears throat> and it had come back slightly abnormal. Mm-hmm. So he'd, he. Unfortunately, because it coincided with lockdown, it was a lot of waiting around for him to get appointments. They kept giving him phone consultations, which they can't really diagnose a lot over the phone, to be honest. Um, So we had a few months then of him having um, biopsies, scans, uh, appointments as to what treatment he would have. And um, they had said that part of the tumour was of an aggressive type so there was a risk it could break off and mm, and go elsewhere so then you know we decided he decided that surgery was going to be the option just get it out you know altogether rather than uh, radiotherapy or anything um so everything was a bit on hold obviously at that point waiting for that to happen he had um surgery in mid-july and I wanted to see how he recovered from that because it was, you know, radical surgery, having your prostate out. Yeah. Um, and so I, there was a Dover intensive training week that week, but it was right. His operation was right in the middle of it. So I, I couldn't commit to going and doing that. But I, after a couple of days, he said to me, look, I'm fine at home. I'd actually quite like a bit of peace and quiet. So why don't you go and join the last day of the camp? Mm. Um, which was Had the you Friday. been swimming up to this point? I'd I, I'd been very lucky that um, where we stable our horses, the owners of the yard happened to have a small outdoor pool and heated oh, wow. in their garden, and they knew that I liked to swim, so they were really kind and said to me, "Look, if you want to, you know, go in the pool." So I I swam on a tether for mm. um, a month or two, I think. Uh, until the lakes reopened and that did help just to keep me ticking over mm-hmm. yeah definitely um and then started again at the lakes in june 
Okay. I think it was that when we came out of lockdown. Um, at, at this time, obviously, there were a lot of channel swimmers were pulling out of their swims. One, right. not being able to train. Yeah. And two, the, the internationals were just not able to travel. Right. And I just had in my mind, I just thought, gosh, this could be an opportunity here if you know if pilots have got slots available maybe I should consider mm-hmm. bringing it forward because I'm actually not very good at waiting as well to do things I'm, I can be a bit impatient <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm an impatient these are good qualities for, yeah. for you <laughs> yeah um and I'd said this to my husband and, and he was like mm, yeah you've only been swimming on a tether and mm-hmm. actually you know how long have you swum for so far this year and I thought, yeah, okay. Um, but just, he said, let's just see how things go. So I went to Dover for this last day of the training and did the six-hour qualifier. And I came, I said, right, I've done the qualifier. And he went, okay, okay, maybe you should, maybe consider it, but let's just see how it goes. Go and do your Jersey to France. And, you know, that would be a test because that's two, Jersey to France is two-thirds of the channel distance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, okay, yeah, that will be, you know, a good test. That'd be the longest thing I've ever done by a long stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first sea swim, you know, alongside a boat, a proper one other than the relay, which is now at a time. Right, right. So I I um, flew to Jersey in August for my Jersey to France. I, I travelled alone because my husband was still recovering from his mm-hmm. op. And also we've got animals at home, so he was looking after them. Um. And then that week just didn't really go to plan. There, it, it coincided with Jersey um, putting a stop on people traveling from France because infection rates were going up. Mm-hmm. So then there was a big question mark about whether I'd be allowed to la- land on the beach in France. Mm-hmm. And they just couldn't seem to get permission for that. So it was, well, we could go, but you won't be able to swim up the beach. And I was like, well, that's... <laughs> yeah, what I want to do, I want to experience doing that. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, one of the local swimmers who um, has connections, shall we say, <laughs> um, has the right knows the right people to contact, managed to get the permission. So, at a very last minute on on the Saturday, I got a call saying we can go um, that evening, and you can land on the beach. I was like, okay, great. Um, only the person who was going to crew for you, she's now gone to Dover to, to, to crew for someone else. I was like, oh, so who's going to crew for me? Oh, we don't worry, we'll sort someone out. <laughs> and we need to get an observer. So it's all very last minute. Yeah. Um, so I I slept in the afternoon as much as I could, got my, my feeds ready, headed down to uh, the starting point about 10 o'clock at night, all kitted up, ready to go, very nervous, obviously. And then met my uh, crew in the dark in the car park and uh, he said how are you with rough conditions I said I'm okay I'm okay with that okay how what about if there's thunder and lightning and I went oh no I I have a real phobia of lightning real phobia it's my big thing I don't like and so I was like no no I'm really not sure about that and at that point we saw the storm coming over and the pilot was just pulling into the harbour and he was like no this is a no-go oh yeah. man <laughs> um then it was going to be a couple of days later then the weather didn't cooperate so i f- i flew home not having swum jersey to france swim. so i was like now what do i do that was going to be my test 
you know, whether mm-hmm. I could could consider the channel. Then that afternoon, my um, pilot from Robin Island, uh, Stuart Gleason, rang me. I, and I had been sharing my thoughts mm-hmm. with him about what I was considering. And he said, Mel, you know, sorry to hear. You know, I spoke to the, the Jersey pilot and just unfortunate. And I said, yeah, I'm feeling really, you know, down now you know I've been training and I've got nothing to aim for now um so you know do I you know it was my test you know for the channel now what do I do and he said Mel we've we've all got you know spaces you know if you'd been here last week we're at the beach going anybody wants to go you know virtually (laughs) (laughs) um and I, I said okay um yeah I think I think I know what I need to do then and I still you know paused a little I listened to um I was not listened. I read a blog by Cliff Golding, who I think you've had on here, mm-hmm. uh, about yeah. pro- procrastination. And I thought, mm-hmm. and then I thought, right, that's told me I need to just get on with this. Yeah. So I contacted my pilot and said, "Is there any possibility I could bring forward my swim?" And he said, "Yes, yep, you, we can go on the next neap tide." And I said, "Oh, great, okay." I went swimming that night. Told some of my swim friends. I said, oh, he said I can go on the next neap tide, and they went. You know that's next week. I went, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, what have I just done? <laughs> um, so every day from then on, I woke up going, "Oh my goodness, what have you done?" <laughs> um, it didn't happen that tide. Um, there was delays. Oh no! <laughs> so I was delayed again, and I was like, "Oh, here we go again." I can see I'm not going to go anywhere this year. Um, and I then you know I, I had we were running up to guys um swim was due to be later in September mm-hmm. so I was very conscious of that you know and the fact I was crewing for him so I was like gosh I need to hurry up with this if it's going to happen because I'm not going to interfere with cre- <laughs> crewing for, for for guy right. um and then an opportunity came to, to go on a spring tide and I was like okay um I don't know if I'm fast in, you know I always thought he had to be a faster swimmer for that okay for spring tide yeah, okay. it was just the impression I had. Um, I, but I, I, I spoke to Emma Franz, who um, knew me quite well, and I said, do you think I'd be okay? And spring tide, she said, yeah, you'll be fine, Mel, go for it. Okay. <laughs> um, so having, with Jersey, told everybody I was doing Jersey and then had to keep saying, oh, it's not happened, no, it's been postponed. I decided I'm not telling everybody because I'm just jinxing it if I do. <laughs> and by not telling everybody that included my parents (laughs) um so they'd said oh disappointing about jersey and i just said oh yeah hey ho these things happen and didn't just thought no don't say anything don't tell them because my my mum didn't want me to swim the channel she told me a couple of times she didn't want me to do it Mm. i had said to her i will be doing it (laughs) i just thought (laughs) i didn't say when right (laughs) um so then it was a case of organizing crew um now Helen who had swim Robin Island I know she I I knew she'd probably want to be involved and you know she doesn't work now so she would have the availability Mm. um and then I didn't know what else to do I spoke again to Stuart Gleason and he said well why not try Deborah you know Deborah Vine and I was like oh do you think she would he said yeah yeah no and I thought wow that would be amazing because Deborah is you know she's crude for so many people she's an observer she's so experienced I was like my god that would be you know the ultimate to have Deborah on board so I messaged her and she said oh yeah god you know I'd love to if I can but she had other commitments as well 
I'm conscious I'm, I'm waffling on here a bit. Sorry, I'll try and get to the, to the channel swim in a minute. <laughs> so uh, fast forward to the to the the day we were meeting in uh, Dover, ready for the swim. We were um, meeting the pilot at midnight, um, 6th of September. So we had a bit a few hours together earlier in the day. Um, I was spending a lot of time nervously talking, lots of rubbish probably. And I was telling them about what happened to our friend from Croatia and, you know, following the marina and, oh, can you believe that happened and <laughs> everything. Um, we went, got to the marina in the evening. Um, the pilot wasn't best pleased with us because we'd brought too much stuff with us. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Helen had brought two massive cool boxes. She'd bought freshly baked Cornish pastas. She had, oh, wow. she had more, more kit than I did. <laughs> and he was like, you're not getting all that on the boat here. And uh, then the, the trolley was squeaking to the boat and he wasn't happy about that because there, naturally there were people trying to sleep on boats in the harbour and this mm-hmm. trolley squeaking along in the, in the night. Um, so we're uh, walking along along to the boat and I've, I've got my dry robe on, rucksack, hot water flask in one hand, phone and another bag in the other hand, just chatting. And one minute I'm walking along, the next minute, I'm underwater, literally submerged. And I was like, what's just happened? (laughs) I I actually didn't know what happened. I didn't recall falling or anything. I I just didn't understand how I'd gone from walking along the pontoon to being in the marina. (laughs) And then I thought, oh, my God, I've just told them about what happened to (laughs) the other person. How could that happen? And I've just done it myself, you know. (laughs) So I was mortified to put it mildly um the pilot was not best pleased obviously he I, he did say jesus christ <laughs> i did hear him say um and i was saying you know oh, i'm okay and he's like yes but it's not okay and i couldn't get myself out because it's quite a, a climb back up you know there's no mm. way i could pull myself out and i was laden yeah. with all this stuff um so that's Deborah, <laughs> absolutely soaked yeah I'm very heavy so I'm just hanging on to the side while they're figuring out what to do and how to get me out and Deborah thankfully had the, the foresight to think I could get the nearest pilot but that's not somebody she knows I'll go and get Stuart because she knows Stuart she's gonna be a little bit less embarrassed which is true I was like oh thank god it's Stuart <laughs> you know and Stuart and Sean and Simon and it it took a few attempts but they did eventually manage to get me out but obviously there was a lot of don't pull her shoulders you know (laughs) obviously especially my left one (laughs) we had to be very careful but they did manage to get me out it wasn't very dignified I was uh, pulled out by one leg (laughs) did have a bruise (laughs) on my leg afterwards so as not to pull my shoulders (laughs) and uh we carried on to the boat me squelching all the way there making even more noise (laughs) um got to the boat the observer just took one look at me and and went oh my god you're gonna have to get out of those wet clothes quick because we've got a long boat journey and I was like yeah. I, that was all my clothes wow. and, you know the rucksack's just been submerged as well everything she's like ah oh, okay <clears throat> um my friend Helen offered me her um fleece lined onesie but she's less than half the size of me so I had <laughs> hope in hell of getting in it um but thankfully Deborah had her dry robe so I was able to put that on while we we uh went to the 
to the start line, which I think was about a 40 minute journey. It was quite rough and it was cold. So obviously they were saying, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you sure you still want to go? And I was like, yep, yep. And actually I was feeling sick. I'd had, oh. I'd taken seasickness stuff um, and I was shivering, but I was trying not to let on that I was shivering because it's from the, you know, they been on the boat and got in getting so damp <laughs> before the swim. Um, Seems like determination kicked in pretty much. Yeah, I was just, I just like, you know, this cannot, cannot be happening. You know, I'm not going to let this, this is not going to stop me. You know, I I thought about what happened to James and I thought this is not going to have the same ending. I'm not going to let that happen. No way. Impressive. Um, So we, as we just pulled up to the start, that there were a lot of other boats out that night and a lot of people I knew and other swimmers. And my boat leader from the relay was out with her the next year's relay. And I heard them shout, go Mel, in the dark. They had just set off. So that was really nice. That was really nice just before I got in the water. I got in and it felt like bath water. It was really warm after being on the boat and getting wow. cold. So I was like, oh, thank God for that. At least I feel warm now. Um, I, I swam to shore and I'm not the best on pebbles. Uh, at the best of times, I normally have my Crocs on to walk on pebbles. So I was trying to balance... And then it got hit by a wave, thrown onto the beach, <laughs> landed on all fours. And I just thought, wow, this is going really well so far. <laughs> um, but it wasn't just me, because I, I heard later that the Aspire Relay, their first swimmer, set off, got in the water and got thrown back onto the beach by a wave. Oh, my gosh. So like after was, starting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so started to swim. And actually, I calmed down a lot then. And I, I know everybody says that. I think in that first couple of hours, you just get settled into a rhythm. It's like, right, just calm down, you know, just get on with it. You know, I thought, the, you know, the pilot's going to think this woman's an absolute idiot. We're going to be out a couple of hours and we're going to be back. You know, better, better start prepping the next swimmer. And I thought, well, I'm just going to have to prove you wrong. <laughs> I'm just going to have to turn this around, you know. Um, then I had my first feed at two hours um and that didn't go to plan either my I couldn't open the bottle oh no so we had to abandon that (laughs) so I was like oh this is you know this is was testing me a little bit but I was like nope carry on just calm down and keep going it was my own fault because I'd kept panic buying things when I was stressed kept buying Mm. more bottles than I ever needed (laughs) something to do (laughs) and hadn't tested this new one I'd bought you know, so it's my own my own fault. So from there, I went to hourly feeds. All went, I'd say, pretty smoothly from there. It yeah. was it was rough conditions, but I, I didn't feel sick once I was in the water. I was absolutely fine. That's good. Um, no issues. I my shoulder wasn't giving me any issues, which was my big concern. Mm-hmm. Um, no jellyfish, so that yeah. was a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, there was one compass jellyfish, but I didn't see it, and it didn't didn't uh, I didn't encounter it so that was good the only thing they saw was a chair float past me at one point I didn't see it but <laughs> um so it it went pretty well up to then um I, I was able to keep track of time until about the 12th hour because I was feeling hourly mm-hmm. uh, you know and I before the day I'd only swum six hours mm-hmm. the longest I'd ever swum yeah so each hour after that I was like wow that's a bonus seven eight you know 12 oh that's good I've, I've never done that before um wow. I didn't I didn't look up for friends I was determined not to look because they know they say don't and then 
I thought, you know, it's going well. The, the pilot was coming out and gave me the thumbs up, big smile. He was happy with me. I was like, oh, wow, that's good. I've turned it around. This is, a, this is good. Hopefully it's all going well now. And then all of a sudden, at one point, Deborah sort of stopped me and said, look, Mel, look at me. Listen to what I'm going to say. You're going to have to pick up the pace. The tide has turned. You're going to have to fight now to get it. So just you're going to pick, pick up. And, I, you know, she'd been great fun. You know, she's a great person and but you know she had a serious head on then I was like right I need to listen to this you know um so this went on for two or three quarter hours I think it was like this going a lot sideways (laughs) Uh, my other crew Helen said that the apparently the tide had turned early which is what Mm. caused the problem and I checked with Stuart early and he said that can happen so um I did eventually look up as I thought we were getting closer and I was really confused by the view because it, it appeared to be white cliffs. Mm. And I was like, that's not what I was expecting to see. You know, I know that at Cap Grenade, you've got, you get the rocks and the lighthouse and then it's beach from then on. If you go further, why am I seeing white cliffs? Where am I? <laughs> uh, I'm really confused. Um, I had to, you know, really, really fight and it, kept going on and on and on this you know fighting to get in and and I'd said I wanted uh Battenberg is my favorite thing with marzipan this is my last feed mm-hmm. and then actually when it came to it I was like oh no I can't eat that I can't couldn't face it you know <laughs> and I started thinking I wasn't going to make it because I just thought I don't feel like I'm getting any closer to those cliffs you know I'm just going sideways and I feared I wasn't going to get out but I I just thought I'm going to get to the point where they're going to say look you're at Calais you're going to have to get out Mm, but um then all of a sudden Deborah said right Mel go and I was like what do you mean just go you know and Helen's getting in and I was like oh oh my god I'm gonna make it (laughs) um so Helen got in and and swam with me um caught me up and then just said don't and I'd been told do not swim into that cave oh <laughs> what, what cave what, what do you mean this cave? I've never seen a cave before <laughs> on a channel swim there's only a beach <laughs> so and lo and behold there were a few caves and it was I think it basically we were at Cap Blancnay mm. and it was high tide so there was there was no beach it was try and stand on a boulder under the water if you can touch the cliffs wow balance there and and you know when we know you've hit that point you avoid the cave we'll sound the klaxon and then come back wow so, yeah <laughs> I got I got there and, and my friend Helen and she's normally quite sweary I'm not generally but I even I was like where the are we what is this <laughs> you know where's the beach <laughs> I want to walk up on the beach <laughs> I mean, to, be, to be honest I wasn't worried about that because but I just thought where am I where the hell am I I've never seen this before <laughs> um but I was just happy, you know, I was delighted. I was absolutely ecstatic. I couldn't believe it. And then got back to the boat and and Deborah, um, as I was getting ready, you know, I think jokingly said to me, so what's next? <laughs> and I said, triple crown, immediately. I was like, triple crown. I was already thinking that, you know. Wow. Um, and then I was getting ready and I was like, where, where are my trousers? <laughs> and she went, ah, yes. Well, we, we put all your stuff out to dry, you know, on the, on the, journey over and we turned around at one point where they're gone they'd lost them overboard so (laughs) (laughs) somewhere they don't know where so there's a picture of me at the end where 
I'm sitting in my dry robe. No, I've got no pants on or anything. So I've just got a towel over my legs going, God, you know, doing anything else undignified now. <laughs> so that's my story. <laughs> I, I should say that my 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 mum discovered I was swimming the channel when I was halfway across when she saw something on Facebook and uh, was quite alarmed and ringing my husband going, where is she? And he said, oh, she's just training at Dover. She's not, I've just seen She's swimming the channel. <laughs> Has she forgiven you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, she's naturally just worried, I think, you know. Yeah. Oh. yeah. How did you push through? So six hours was your longest swim, and, and mm. then here you are going into seven and eight. How did you just keep going? It, in truth, it wasn't as hard as I was expecting it to be. I really expected it to be a lot harder. Mm. So I'd, I'd found some of the six hours in Dover Harbour harder. And I think that's because of the boredom. Oh, you know, right. you know yeah. you're just doing a training swim. You're just going around in circles. Yeah. And that's harder, I think. Whereas I knew this had an end goal, you know, this was to achieve a lifetime ambition. Mm-hmm. I just felt very driven to do it. I had <clears throat> so many reasons I wanted to do it. You know, someone said to me, you'll have lots of reasons to want to get out. You just need one reason to stay in. For me, actually, it was the opposite. I had a thousand and one reasons to stay in and no reasons to get out. You know, I was not getting out. If yeah. And I'd had to be, I would have had to be told to get out, yeah. I think. Um, yeah. I, I just wanted to make everybody proud, you know, and I, I just kept looking up at my crew and, go, and thinking, my God, how lucky am I that these two people have just taken this time out to, to support me you know I don't want to let them down that was a big thing um yeah I, I thought about you know I want to celebrate this I want to be able to write on the the wall in the pub <laughs> I want to be able to celebrate with my friend Donna who um had swum the month earlier mm-hmm. and we would you know I thought I want to be able to do that I just I don't want to fail at this I just I was just really wanted it really really wanted it mm-hmm. yeah what um what was your final time um 14 hours 44 wow yeah wow so it was go ahead it was quite a zigzag it was a bit of a zed across (laughs) (laughs) because the spring tied and the way it went on the day yeah but yeah yeah Yeah, that's wonderful Mm -hmm. um did you learn anything about yourself in that big 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 swim that day yes (laughs) uh yes I I learned that I do have resilience, which I really didn't think I did. Mm. You know, I, I've had at work in the past, you know, bosses said to me, you need to work on your resilience. But no, you can be like, well, I swim. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've discovered that obviously that doesn't necessarily work in every situation, but I found mm. I did have it in that that situation. Mm-hmm. I, I listened to a lot of audiobooks before on uh, mental strength and I, I knew that they said it's 80 percent mental and I do think that that is a yeah I think that's probably true mm-hmm. you know it's how you perceive it on the day if you think you know this is a um I'm lucky you know I just thought I'm lucky I'm lucky to be one of the people here to do this I'm lucky that my shoulder didn't stop me mm-hmm. I'm you know I'm one of the few people who gets to do this I've got to be thankful I'm so lucky to be here is how I looked at it Rather than, oh, this is hard. I just thought, how lucky am I to be experiencing this? Yeah. 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 
Look how resilient you are, though. You came back from this horse accident. You <laughs> like, how could you not think you're resilient? <laughs> well, I, I, actually, and the other thing was, I, I, I was thinking, I want to go back and tell the consultants, look what I did. Because yeah. they wouldn't have probably thought it was possible. I'm probably the only one who's had that operation. I had a lot of metal in it to hold it together, you know. Yeah. I don't think anyone else probably has, has done that. So I, I haven't done it yet, but I must go back to them and say, look. you know thank you for what you did you know I've never taken it for granted and I actually it's made me in some ways it was a it was a positive it made me appreciate things I didn't probably appreciate enough before Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I feel like I have more questions I want to ask but we're coming up on time um what um who's inspired you oh gosh um lots of people um Jackie Cobell (laughs) Is is what do you know, Jackie? Mm-mm. Okay, Jackie um, has done lots of amazing things. She has the record for the longest channel swim. I think it's something like twenty eight hours forty four, and oh, to do that is just incredible to my to, to my mind. How anybody swims for that long? Mm-hmm. She's gone on and done lots of other cold water swims. She's um, lots of records and all sorts of swimming. And she's just such an amazing person, very positive. She, she has a lot of campaigning for various issues as well. And she's got a fantastic sense of humor. So she's a massive inspiration. And I did share with her my my thoughts on my swim in the channel. And she said, you know, Mel, go for it. So I was delighted to be able to tell her I'd done it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah Thomas, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, Sarah Thomas' four-way was a few days after my relay on the mm-hmm. same boat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, that was just incredible. Yeah, yeah, what she's achieved. So, so many people, so yeah. many people have inspired me. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll be quite an inspiration for others too. <laughs> well, I, I think it, I, I partly wanted to tell the story just to say that, you know, even things like falling in the marina does not have to be the end of your swim. You know, there's right. lot, you know, there are lots of things that happen that you could very easily think this is not meant to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get right. out. This is not meant to happen today. And I just, you know, I hope that it, it says to someone else, just use that use that to make you more determined i think right right yeah Yeah, exactly i love that thank you so much for sharing your story now i love it (laughs) sorry i hope i didn't waffle on too much it was wonderful (laughs) um i guess as we're just kind of wrapping up here i was going to give people an opportunity if they want to ask any questions of mel but i also before you before you come off me to ask a question i wanted to tell people i'm um i've just launched a accountability group that i'm going to start running with like monthly challenges and um like a deep dive topic each month. So if anybody wants to join my accountability group, whoops, that wasn't what I meant to put in the chat. I was going to put in my link in case you want to join my accountability Yeah, I saw group. that. That sounds interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, anybody have questions for Mel? <clears throat> Lynn, no did questions, you but I really oh. want to thank you for sharing your experience. I, I am <laughs> signed up for a channel relay and ah, excellent. I'm a little bit. Uh, I'm a little bit nervous about the idea because um, of the restrictions in the UK. I'm, uh, you know, for yes. COVID, and I'm, yeah. um, and crossing and coming over there. I'm not. I don't want to be quarantined and miss the relay. But yeah. I also, you know, I, I, I um, feel like I've done. Uh, 
fairly decent training. I'm not not terrific, but uh, you know, I was in 25 minutes in 53 degree water um, the other day. Yeah, um, yeah, and I felt and I felt good. I I didn't feel like I was you know struggling. Didn't feel um, difficult. Um, so I'm I'm really I was really interested in your experience about that. You know, yeah. The, um, well, um, guy, I, guy came over obviously from the states last year when we had some of the restrictions, and I have a, a friend Gina who's coming from the US for a channel solo this year. I, I think the the restrictions are tighter on certain countries. I, I mean, it's all changing rapidly mm-hmm. at the moment, but I think it's it's some of the countries with higher infection rates that are quarantining, I believe. And I am fully vaccinated, so mm. there's that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's really lovely. I, I really thank you for that. Your um, sharing. I, I mean, this is perfect <laughs> for me to just now, as I'm training for my relay. So thank you. Oh no, I should look up for you at Dover as well. Thanks. When you arrive, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Well, I'm hoping it all works out. So yeah. But thank you, and um, good to see everybody. Have a great, have a great day. I, I just wanted to say something very quickly. Um, I was obviously incredibly lucky um, to meet Mel in our Croatia camp, uh, which turned into her and another one of the campers becoming my substitute crew. And not only is Mel incredibly inspirational as a swimmer, but she is just the best crew you could ever want. Because, um, well, and I also had the best observer you could ever want, which was Deborah. Um, Because the environment that they created of professionalism, support, you know, competence, it it just, it it made so much difference to, um, you know, sort of, you're not there with with strangers, you're with this this great team. And um, one thing I would take away from that is that if you can, um, you know, get a crew as great as Melanie then, you know, or Deborah, you know, it's, it's, it can be really important to, but you know, both your success and your experience. And I was incredibly grateful and incredibly lucky. Um, And I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing Mel over here for her triple crown trips because we're going to see her and do Manhattan and, you know, crush Catalina and all that kind of stuff. So that's going to be great. Yeah. Thank you guy. It was an absolute honor to, to crew for you. It really was. Uh, 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 thank you. It was, it, it was <laughs> great. Here, come up and do men from Agog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We get to the northern Vermont now. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, it's been wonderful. Thank you. Hey, Have a great thank afternoon you. over there. <laughs> thank you, Shannon again. and everybody. And bye, bye, Gia. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Thanks, Melanie. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have you heard of the Intrepid Water Accountability Group? We'll support and encourage each other on a private chat platform, pursue monthly challenges both in the water and on land, and meet virtually once a month to dive deep on a topic. If you'd like to join a group of like-minded limit pushers from around the globe, join the Intrepid Water Accountability Group. Find out more at intrepidwater.com.